MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Over the past couple of weeks, we have been talking about the novel Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. It's a story about murder, obsession, and finding out the person closest to you harbors an awful secret. Honestly, it already sounds like a Hitchcock movie. And so, sure enough, we're taking in some screen time this week with Alfred Hitchcock's 1940 film adaptation to talk about the charm of the transatlantic accent and how the master of suspense diverged from the book. When he, like, asked her to marry him in the book, even though what he's saying is, like, really condescending and mean, I, like, infused it with a softness and, like, an ironic romanticness, where in the, mm-hmm. this movie... He like is like shouting at her while he's getting in the shower and like asking her to marry him while he's in the other room. Yeah, he's brushing his teeth and he says, I'm asking you to marry me, you idiot. (laughs) Okay, welcome back to Popcorn Book Club. I'm Dana Schwartz, joined as always by Jennifer Wright, Karamadankwa, Tantran, and Melissa Hunter. And this week we are on screen time. That doesn't really roll off the tongue, but I'm committed to it. Uh, We are screen timing. I can't turn back. I'll have to figure out what the verb form of that is. We are doing end screen time about the Mm -hmm, 1940s Alfred Hitchcock adaptation of Rebecca in anticipation of the new Netflix adaptation. So we can be the intelligent people going into the Netflix adaptation, comparing it both to the film and the Hitchcock version. I don't want to say you're unintelligent if you didn't watch the other movie and also read the book. I think that you just don't have time for that. Yeah, if there were dinner parties right now, we would be the very obnoxious person. It's like, well, did you read the book? And also, did you watch the 1940 film? I would only have a dinner party that everyone did that. (laughs) Of course. I'm sorry if you didn't, you would not be invited to join. You have to do a quiz to get in. You have to do a quiz. (laughs) A freshman year reading comprehension quiz. (laughs) Uh, Swirling wine. 
Jennifer, you were the one who sort of was a proponent of this book to begin with. Had you seen the original movie? I had seen the original movie. I had not seen it for many, many years. So I had forgotten that the movie diverges from the book in one very important regard, which is he does not shoot Rebecca in the movie. Mm-hmm. He pushes her and she like slips and dies. She accidentally hit her head. Very much not the same as shooting someone. It's like the staircase documentary. Yeah. I think I read on Wikipedia, so who knows the sources, that that was like a Hollywood production Mm -hmm. standard code thing. One of those things where it's like, well, he can't have shot his wife and gotten away with it, so he must have just (laughs) covered up her accidental death and gotten away with it. That doesn't happen, especially not in the 40s. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, I think you lose a lot of the impact of the Mm -hmm. second Mrs. DeWinter's loyalty, though, if she doesn't stand with him when he is clearly committed cold-blooded murder. It sort of makes it more of a love story if you can sort of get on board with this, like, he was wrongfully... It's still bad what he did, but the movie tries to make it seem less bad. Much more like Gone Girl. Like, it was still bad, Mm -hmm. but yeah, he didn't murder her in cold blood when thinking she was fucking pregnant. Like, (laughs) that's a little bit different. And it all, yeah, and like Jennifer said, it also changes the color of the way the unnamed woman or second Mrs. DeWinter stands by her man, you know, like yeah. doing it in that way is a bit more understand understandable. For me, seeing it on screen made me hate Maxim a lot more. Mm. Yeah. I found him weirdly, Same. even though, even though in the book he committed a murder, just like fundamentally, I found him more likable in this book than in the show, in the movie where he's played by Lawrence Olivier. Lawrence Olivier, yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I had never seen Lawrence Olivier out of blackface before, so this was a new experience <laughs> for me. I'm joking. Obviously, I had, but I just wanted to uh, get that in there. I think my impression is I found him very unlikable because he's very mean and very snappy, and he sounds even snappier in a transatlantic accent. He's like, you there, what are you doing? Get over here. <laughs> See, I thought, I thought he was perfect. Like, yeah. from the book, I'm like, Maxim is a total asshole and speaks condescendingly and patronizingly to the second Mrs. De Winter. And when I saw how he was playing it, uh, Lawrence Olivia, I was like, okay, this is exactly how I pictured him. And he's even, like, more... Oh, he's not daddy murder, baby. <laughs> he's not daddy murder anymore. He's not daddy murder. He's not murder daddy. He's not murder daddy anymore. Um, but I, I actually, I really liked the way he played it. So I'm like looking forward to seeing how, you know, Army Hammer does. Because I just I don't like think Army Hammer's going to do that. Do it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Can, can Army do a British accent, do we think? I mean, he I can think hire he, people to I help think him. He can I think that he's going to. He's he's a dedicated actor. He's going to do the work to do the best British accent that he is capable of doing. I think we'll we also overestimate, like, British actors are Americans constantly. And then it's like, an American doing a British right. accent? How? Um, but, yeah, he's so charming that and warm. Yeah. He has such, like, a warmth to him as an actor yeah. that I feel like it'll be interesting. I ag- But I agree, Tian. I feel like we were talking about this in the book episode that, you know, it is really interesting that, like, that it, it isn't a love story. It's like 
this this young woman who is just like believes that she's in love but it's against this very cold figure mm -hmm. and i liked seeing that cold figure personified because you're reminded it's so easy to like put a character onto maxim or like a personality or like a someone you fell in love with when you're young that was wrong and i feel like seeing it it's like oh no girl run <laughs> yeah like i think when he like asked her to marry him in the book I imagined it with, like, even though what he's saying is, like, really condescending and mean, I, like, infused it with a softness and, like, an ironic romanticness, where in the, this movie, he, like, is, like, shouting at her while he's getting in the shower and, like, asks her to marry <laughs> yeah. him, like, while he's in the other room. Yeah, he's brushing his teeth, and he says, yeah. I'm asking you to marry me, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how she just collapsed, like, it's like, oh, the most romantic thing. I was very much into the denotation. I was like, these are the words he's saying. And yeah. I think for me, it's easier to look at it in a negative light and be like, no, this is bad in the writing. Um, in the movie, obviously, it was also very objectively bad, but I expected it to be that because that's how mm -hmm. I read it on the page. I was like, nobody should talk to somebody that they love <laughs> this way. Although he never said that he loved her. He was just like, do you want to come here or you want to go there? Yeah. And yet in the trailer for the Army Hammer one, that line, which is in the trailer, he's mm -hmm. like lifting up her chin and gazing in her eyes and being oh, like, I'm gonna hate I'm, this I don't want us. Here's what I hope happens in the movie, and this is just me being, like this is what, what I would do with it, is it could be a real analog for for like an abusive relationship where the beginning mm -hmm. is love bombing and it is him saying, I love you, I love you and being perfect and asking her to marry him very suddenly. Like that is all like really love bomby behavior from an abuser. And so I feel like that would be really interesting if it's all perfect on the trip. And then when they get back, he's this cold asshole who yells at her from the bathroom. <laughs> That would be the version I that, like I, that yeah. I, yeah, I would, I would be interested in seeing that version. Because that feels like the modern reason why you would do a yeah. movie like that. Mm -hmm. I would be very interested in seeing how they frame the new movie. Cause I found the framing of this 1940s one versus the book really interesting. We didn't get the, uh, the those first two chapters that I hated. We didn't get those <laughs> at all. Um, which I actually was like, man, Jen was right. I kind of wish that I had that scene of seeing like what happens after Mandalay's burned down. So Jen, and just you were like right. bored and Thank trapped you. in a Thank boring yeah. mediocre Forever. hotel, just yeah. trapped in a mediocre hotel for the rest of your life. I will say, I wanted to see that at the end, though, not at the beginning. I still wanted that, yeah. but I wanted mm -hmm. to see. Oh yeah, they're not happy, and Mrs. Danvers fucking won. Yeah. But Karama, what if in the modern one she's very unhappy and she it's a freeze frame, and then it's a narrator saying the narrator saying, "You're probably wondering how I got into this situation," and then it cuts. <laughs> back with yes. you like that <laughs> i would love scratch. that yeah melissa that's why you're a screenwriter that, that is why yeah. you're a screenwriter record scratch all around that's i think new, everything should start that class. way yeah. yeah the other titanic you scratch. see rose on the on the door and she's like you're probably wondering how i got here Oh, okay, but well, actually, unironically, yes. Actually, I would actually yeah. love that. I would love to see Kate Winslet narrating the whole movie when the Titanic has only just sunk. So she's just... 
<laughs> she's only backtracking from like the last several days while floating on the door. <laughs> well, she's gone insane. So she's like from the, from being frozen in the water. Yeah. <laughs> so cold trying to figure out how this happened. <laughs> The thing that concerns me about the new one that I liked about the 1940s one is the age difference. Like, Laurence Olivier mm-hmm. looked much older than uh, Joan Fontaine, who, like, looked like a little wisp of a, of a girl. Where, she was great at playing yeah, that. She's, like, she was yeah. very good. Yeah, she's, she's really so good, good at it. I mean, one of the things that worries me about the new ones is Lily James is so beautiful. But, and she's like, also, she's also she? 35. <laughs> they're both, like, 35. Yeah. They're the same age, and they're both in their mid-30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joan Fontaine at least seems like she is genuinely very insecure when she wears that dress that is yeah. just, it looks really good in the picture in the magazine, but it does not look good on her, a human being. Um, it, it just feels like such a sweet, relatable moment. Like you feel like, oh, that poor lady. There's Little kids would look good in a potato sack. Like, it's and just, the, yeah. And then being the same age just disrupts like one of the power differentials among well, the yeah. many. Which was, I feel, much more noticeable. Like, I was getting big Leonardo DiCaprio vibes when she was like, I wish I was 36, dressed in black satin and wearing a string of pearls. And he was like, no, I don't want want that. He's like, don't ever grow up. Be young forever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll accidentally push you down the stairs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I like that that is like Hollywood's version of a less tragic version of how the first wife dies it's like yeah you she he he pushed her so that's better right yeah he blacked out oh. in rage and yeah. then she he woke up and she was dead uh, still uh, smiling uh, you know how you just black out sometimes oh, in rage and then someone across from you is dead it's but dead. It's not and your you fault. can't imagine what happened yeah, yeah. I love the classic mean girl move that the that Beatrice does when she's like I'm paraphrasing, but she says something like, I just love how you don't care how you look. It's just great how you just like, don't care how you look. It's great. I think think she specifically said, I can tell by the way that you dress that you don't care a whit about what you wear. Yeah. Oh, good in Atlantic, Karama. Yeah, that was really good. This is like the thing that I do for fun when I'm alone in my room. So I'm glad the whole world knows this now. Like, I just love doing like mid-Atlantic accents for fun. And one of my favorite things in the last season of BoJack Horseman was Paget Brewster playing that pig that worked for the news and yeah. just was like, always like, oh, and then this, and then we're going to go here and we're going to do that and all of that. That's like my <laughs> favorite accent. How great would it be if Army and Lully did mid-Atlantic uh, uh, oh, for oh, this God. movie? Just like without any, like full commitment. <laughs> That would, I would be love it. it would and then be Catherine better. O'Hara shows up, it would be what <laughs> a dream. If Catherine O'Hara showed I, up as Mrs. Danvers. I <laughs> loved Mrs. Danvers in the actor who played Mrs. Danvers. She was amazing. Yes. Oh, she was so yeah. creepy. The, the she didn't seem old enough though. Judith Anderson. Dame yeah. Frances Margaret Anderson. I still I liked liked her whole it, vibe. I love the vibe. She didn't seem old, but she did sort of have that vibe of like in old times when you're now with your job, you're like 16, you're like, this is your job. You're now an old housemistress. Yes. That's your job forever. Like, I think people just age differently. 
And Jen, I think you were I think you were the one that said that like the lesbian vibes of the movie get like really pumped up or oh, yeah. get really pumped up in the book. Mm-hmm. And I was like excited for that. Mm-hmm. And it's that moment where she like makes uh the second Mrs. De Winter look through the silk the closet. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, you can the, see my like, fingers through it. Yeah, can yeah. You see my fingers? I was like, holy shit. Yeah. No, the whole like room in the West Wing yeah. scene, I literally wrote, I think I wrote Mrs. Danvers fur coat, gay as shit on my yeah. nose. Because <laughs> <laughs> she has that moment where she like holds the fur coat up to yes. her up to her face and rubs it on her cheek. And I was like, whoa. Okay. Oh yeah. There is no question say- that she and Rebecca have had sex many times. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And this that this room was crazy sure. nice though. West that Wing room, room? Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Way better than the East Wing room, objectively, mm-hmm. and way yeah, better than the West pick. Wing of the White House. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, just like structurally. This is a great time for us to take a break. I think we should take a break right here. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. So we're back with Popcorn Book Club from iHeartRadio. I do wonder if uh, having this version where he just accidentally blacks out and then Rebecca's dead takes away some of Mrs. Danvers' victory at the end. Mm -hmm. Like in the book, it really does feel like a victory of uh, you killed this woman who was my daughter slash lover. Now I will burn your house to the ground. Um, It feels 
a little more incomprehensible to me in the movie because they've just gotten through a big trial. Everybody's established, well, Maxim is innocent. And it doesn't feel as it does to me in the book, like this rich white man got away with murdering his wife, but Mrs. Mm -hmm. Danvers handled that and she enacted justice. Because the movie sort of hedges it and makes you believe yeah. that like he kind of didn't kill his wife. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I was watching and remember I reading the book, I was like, oh, he killed his wife like very early on. Yeah. And as mm-hmm. I was watching the movie, I was like, it's interesting how I don't get that same vibe here. And then we got to the end and I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they literally don't want you to think he killed his wife. They just <laughs> are like, nope, he didn't do it. He, okay, I looked it up. Mrs. Danvers at the time was played by Judith Anderson at age 42 at the time of shooting. So definitely more of a lover than a mom vibe. Well, she was 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 42. 21, I don't know, could be. Um, I did read, (laughs) I did read that like David O. Selznick, it was the, so it was the first American movie that Hitchcock made. And Mm -hmm. um, it, and that, he like the first three of Hitchcock's movies were under David O. Selznick, and they're kind of like known to be his like weakest films, and and it's because they fought a lot. And one, and one of the th- things that David O. Selznick wanted was at the end for the smoke to spell an R in the in the <laughs> sky, and he was like, "No, that's too that's too much." <laughs> By burning the R, uh, the like linen or whatever, that's like the last moment. American audiences are dumb. You gotta spell <laughs> out the R. I am the dumb God. American audience. I'm here for it. Yes. Yeah, I would have liked that spooky R. I would have been <laughs> absolutely been down for the spooky R. I like, yeah. I like the Mitchell and Webb sketch who are British comedians where they have a fake Selznick and he's like, Hitchcock came to me with this book called Rebecca, and I said, great, who do you want as Rebecca? And then they explained it. He's like, I told him, if in America, if you have a movie called Rebecca, audiences are going to want to see a dame called Rebecca. <laughs> and then the whole, the whole like, fake movie is that she's like, she's Rebecca, and he's like, ah, oh, no, that's what the second Mrs. De Winter will wear. I just flipped the whole thing. <laughs> I love that. And you know what I do wish? I actually kind of do wish we could see Rebecca because the thing Mm -hmm. about film Mm -hmm. is that we have this third person perspective. We're not inside the second Mrs. DeWinter's head. And I would have loved to have actually been privy to the scene between them in the sex shack by the beach (laughs) and seen that fight and seen like seeing Mrs. DeWinter coming down the stairs. And it's supposed to be that she's haunting this place. So I would love to see what it looked like when she was in there. And yeah. I hope that the new one takes advantage of that. Maybe that's a new yeah. twist and that's one of the reasons. I what about a Crimson Peak can... ghost? What if we got a Crimson Peak style Rebecca that ghost? Sounds, I mean, so when I was in college, that's when I saw Rebecca for the first time. And it's because I was in this play called Mrs. Prudential, which this... Um, guy from at, at school wrote Dennis Weber, very funny writer director, very talented. Know him. You know Dennis from yes. Chicago? Yes, yes, yes. This is cute. cute. Oh my okay, god, Dennis small world. Hey Dennis, what's hi, up? Dennis. Hi Dennis. Um, I don't know him. I'm just saying it, hi. I assume he listens since he's your friends. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, maybe. Yeah, of course, one hundred percent. Of course, we yeah we make all of our friends listen. Um, so. <laughs> 
anyway, it was called, it was based on, it was inspired by Rebe- Rebecca and it was called Mrs. Prudential and Mr. Prudential. I was Mrs. Prudential number two and there were five Mrs. Prudentials and each <laughs> one he murders and puts in a closet. And at the wow. end, they all come back as ghosts and kill him. Uh, and Love I nice. and, and I remember it. reading that and being like, "Ooh, Rebecca's going to be so fun! It's going to be about ghosts." And then it wasn't any any ghosts, not one ghost. It's li- there's not a ghost in yeah. sight. And yeah. she yeah, asks, thought- "Like, do you believe in ghosts?" And she's like, "No." And then she's like, "I want a party, and I want a dress, and I am in charge now." And I'm like, "Where's the ghost?" Yes, yeah. I, I, liked- I wanted the ghost. There well- were there were so many like billowy curtains mm-hmm. and shadow moments. I was like. She's going to pop up out. She's going to pop up into the screen. Give me that ghost. Give me that ghost. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's really important that you never see Rebecca. Because no matter what, it's not going to live up to this vision mm-hmm, yeah. that uh, the second the Mrs. DeWinter has closet. in her head. Mm-hmm. Of this be beautiful, perfect woman who nobody can ever be as pretty as. I don't know. You could get Rihanna. I know. I just yeah. I just want more. I would like more of a film, Rebecca. Just so like I want to see who they think Hollywood. Like I want to yeah. see that casting. It's not a uh-huh. story. It's more like a. It's more of like a personal Hollywood casting moment that I would like. I to think see it would be Hollywood. really fun if it if there was just one picture in the modern movie and it's just like. Angelina Jolie and everyone's like, "Oh, Angelina Jolie's gonna come in this come up in this movie," and then she never does. It's just they just license that one photo for like a hundred dollars off of Getty Images, and then that was it. Just like Meryl Streep in Mamma Mia too. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I sort of my my dream, Rebecca, is sort of like Angelina Jolie meets Rihanna. What was I saying? Oh. um... I like that change in the movie to the TV show that she sort of like impetuously wanted the party to prove she wanted mm-hmm. to like kind of prove herself. Where in the book, she sort of passively like had it mm-hmm. thrust upon her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where in this, I did like that little action moment where she's like, I can have a party. I can be as good as Rebecca. Yeah. And it was a good party and she did it all by herself. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. Like, y'all know <laughs> I hate her. But she did a really good job. And I was like, okay, I can have one beer with you. Not two. <laughs> one. But we're making progress. Because book, yeah. book Mrs. DeWinter, I was like, I don't want to. Just go eat your cold ham. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, it I'm does curious. feel like she matures a lot faster in the movie than she does in the book. Yeah. Like, she very quickly comes into her own and is able to make assertive statements. And kind of talks to the butler as though she is the lady of the manor when her husband is being dragged away for maybe murder, um, where she gives she gives the butler like very reassuring things about like Mrs. De- Mr. De Winter will appreciate that. Thank you for mm-hmm. your service, Bert. Uh, and it's very much like the behavior of like a 30 year old woman who has been running a house for a while. Yeah, she gets on board pretty quick. Yeah. Which I didn't, I mean, I, I know it's like movie magic and things needed to be collapsed. And like, we lost, we lost that like moment of him being terrible at the party to her for a very long time. And like the mm-hmm. boat happening right away. I, I, I miss all of that, him being terrible to her essentially. So mm-hmm. that like the end, you're like, why does, why is she still with him? Like, why doesn't why she, does she call she choose... the police? Yeah. Why doesn't <laughs> she? So like, you, I feel like you kind of miss some of that as well. of just like the extended prolonged lack of confidence from her and like 
extended prolonged moments of him being a total asshole to her. Mm-hmm. I also miss those moments of tension when mm-hmm. one after he shuns her from the party. Like I felt that in a gut punch in the book and maybe because I already knew it was going to happen. I didn't feel the same way in the movie. And then those like weird ride or die moments where they're like together and he's talking to her for the first time and you're like, oh, it's these two people on board. Like, mm-hmm. in the book, I, I kind of understood why she was, like, being ride or die, even though it was fucked up. I was like, this is weird. It's not a love story, but you are committed to each other. Where I think trying to turn it into a traditional love story flattened it. Yeah. yeah. And and you, <laughs> that gut punch of that party, too, because I feel like, I don't know if you have all experienced this, but, like, Throwing a party that doesn't, when you're fighting with your partner, is like the worst fucking thing to do. Oh. Like oh no. to try, to try. My ex girlfriend and I, we had like an event. And she got, we got in a fight, and like the rest of the party is just the absolute. To be in a fight at a party is like the ultimate, like public couple bullshit thing that you're trying to like push through. And I miss that too. Like I, re- I really yeah. wanted to see that. And it also feels that feels very common because it's like you're both stressed trying to put mm-hmm. something together and you have different expectations of it. And then all of a sudden you get into a fight right before the right as the first guest is walking in. You're like, ha ha. <laughs> and then you have to do the <laughs> I have a question because, as we all know, I didn't finish the book, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the guy that was. At the sex shack, Ben, I think his name yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Was he in the book? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I didn't recall him in, in, in the, the book, parts that I read. In the book, Jack come, it, it thinks he's his ace in the hole. And he's like, he'll tell you that they were at the shed. And like he, they go but and get Ben. To. And then, yeah, Ben's like, no, stop, what? Uh, no, I don't remember. Yeah. He just no, because so Rebecca has told him that she will institutionalize him yeah. if he ever goes yeah. around telling people that she has her lovers over to the shed. Got that it. was hard to watch, like, classic old movie Hitchcock, like, using Ben as, like, a spooky, scary element is so yeah. ableist. It's like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, this is hard to watch because I didn't no. get that sense from him in the book, really. He's like, not he's, spooky. He's not spooky. He's not scary. He just, like, he's he's down by the shore and second Mrs. DeWinter talks to him and he shares some of these things. But, like, they in the first couple times you meet him, I mean, Hitchcock really is like, this person is scary. I think what I actually, I think the nuance in the book was interesting to me where it was like, the, Mrs. DeWinter wasn't afraid of of him, but the mm-hmm. men, Frank and Mr. DeWinter were like, oh, don't be scared of him. Like, he, I know he's scary, but don't be mm-hmm. scared. Like, they thought she would be scared of him and they put that sort of prejudice onto him, but she wasn't frightened. And so it felt like a differentiation between them Hmm. i like that yeah that she just like because she's not a like elitist person she just like sees a person as a person Mm -hmm. yeah i i think you are tian going back to like the party moment there is so much awkward and comedic potential in that especially because mr winter maxim doesn't dress up for the costume (laughs) party which is a peak asshole move such a good detail to this well, day, I love peak that assholes. His whole thing Don't dress up. is like, oh, I get to do this because I'm the host. And I'm like, you didn't do shit. <laughs> Literally, you did nothing 
it's at your house that you share with your wife. If you were to mysteriously disappear, as I think he should, then she would get the house. So it's her house, too. But, like, he just decides, I don't want to wear a costume, which, okay, fine, but don't require everyone else to wear a costume. Yeah. Make it costume optional. Make a little fun costume party. Or don't throw like, it. If you hate wearing costumes, don't, costume. costume. don't go yeah. to a costume party. Just have a black tie dinner party. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting for you to refer to it as uh, his house that he shares with his wife that she would definitely inherit if something happened to him. Is there ever a version of this where the second Mrs. De Winter could have just teamed up with Mrs. Danvers? That's what I was just thinking. Awesome. Yeah. I, I thought that because in the movie he disappears when the ship comes in and she's like, oh, where are you? Oh, Maxim, where are you? Ma- Maxim, Maxim, oh, I've lost him. And then um, I'm like, what if you stop looking? I wrote yeah. down in my notes. I'm like, don't look for him. Stop looking, baby. Yeah. Take the house. I had the very wrong prediction when reading it that that's what would happen or that she would end up alone with the house and having to be mm-hmm. like the lady of the house as as a widow, sort of like almost becoming the new Maxim de Winter. Like she now is like the um, the mysterious widow. That's what I would want. I love a mysterious widow. I, I love. Yeah, like, I think I everybody like, loves a mysterious widow. Vibes. I know that Miss yeah. Miss Hav- Havisham's kind of like not a widow technically, but like I want like a crazy old lady that's wearing the same dress, has a rotting Very cake that nobody mm-hmm. gets to eat. Yeah. I love it. I just want a version of this where she goes to Mrs. Danvers and says, "Hey, so <laughs> turns out Maxim." Murdered Rebecca. You liked her, right? You two seem close. So I was thinking maybe he should go to jail and you can keep running the house. But for me, mm-hmm. in Rebecca's memory. So we're, we're friends now. Yeah. You yeah. Keep, this you feels like a very running, happy ending to me. Keep running the house beautiful, the way Rebecca yeah. would have wanted it. Yeah. And I'll just hang yeah. out with the dogs in oh, the garden. Yeah, we'll put up like a painting of Rebecca in the foyer. It'll be a nice little mm-hmm. memento. <laughs> Maybe Mrs. the second Mrs. DeWinter falls in love with Mrs. Danvers. <gasps> vice versa. <laughs> And they run this beautiful estate together. Oh, they turn it into a bed and breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) With a Nancy Myers kitchen. Have have any of you seen the film The Handmaiden? Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's such a great movie. I want to so bad. I don't want to spoil anything because there are plot twists, but there are there is like sort of made to Countess Love Affair. Things going on. It's based on a really good book called Fingersmith by Tara Waters, and it's very fun and very gay. I might, okay, I might add that. Actually, I haven't picked my book yet. There it is. I, I would. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the movie. I the, would love to read the, the book. I've never read the book. The movie is spectacular. Okay. I'm excited. Okay, okay sorry, excellent. Good. All right. I'm very on board for that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, like, kind of very blah about this movie. I also don't like a lot of old films from, like, pre-1970. I have very little interest in a lot of black and white films from the classic film era. And I've seen, like, my fair amount of Hitchcock. I've seen The Birds. I've seen Rear Window. I've seen Marnie, which is, like, one Mm -hmm. of those deep cuts for a lot of people, I think. Uh, Marnie was super weird, and that's the one I think I liked the most. But, um, yeah, I just kind of was like, this is not even the book in a way that makes sense to me. They took out all of the really interesting things, like 
because we are seeing it from this third person perspective and we're not inside of her head, we're missing so much. Mm -hmm. And um, I really missed kind of the weird symbiotic relationship that she had with Mrs. Van Hopper, who is probably my favorite character. I love Mrs. Van Hopper so much. She was also right. Yeah, she was. was. I can't wait for for the and dad, Mrs. Van Hopper. (laughs) Oh, um, that's gonna be good. Down with every fiber of my being. I agree. I, I'm. I am a big Hitchcock fan. Like, but I do. I watched it in college. I didn't really remember Rebecca. I feel like I wanted to like it so much because I was in college and I was like, "Ooh, Hitchcock," you know. But now, when I watch it the second time, it just doesn't. Ha- I, it's his first American film. It's one of his early films, and I feel like he just his later films get really into the characters' heads so much more and get so much more mm-hmm. intimate, which this, the, the book and why I loved it was it did feel so, you did feel so intimate with the protagonist or with Mrs. DeWinter and and you get really in her head and you see why she's doing the things she does even if you don't agree with them. And this just felt so um, cold, you know? It didn't feel very connected in that way. Isn't you it kind of weird? Humor. Sorry, uh-huh. I was just thinking, isn't it weird that it won Best Picture? I mean, Did it really? I didn't yeah. know it won that. the Academy Award for what Best lost? Picture. Let's find Let's out. Let's see. I'm wow. sorry, that like was super shady, but like I just it did I mean there were fewer people making fewer films back then, but it just mm-hmm. doesn't feel remarkable to me. All right, in a lot here, of ways. here are the nominees. Uh Best Picture nominees. Rebecca won. Um, the Grapes of... Oh, a lot of movies. The Grapes of Wrath, Foreign Correspondent, All This and Heaven Too, Our Town, The Long Voyage Home, Philadelphia Story, The Great oh, Dictator. Philadelphia Story. Oh, I love Philadelphia is. Story. I thought you were going to say Philadelphia. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> no. The Philadelphia Story, The Great Dictator, Kitty Foyle, and The Letter. Wait, The Great Dictator came out that year and it didn't wait? Yeah, it really should have won. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, this, yeah, this is a. I was watching it knowing that it won Best Picture, and I was like, really? It's not that impressive. It's it's good. Like I like the performances, but as a a film, it it didn't like wow me. I want. I also wonder if like it is Hitchcock's first American film, and maybe it is that like we've seen or as a fan like I've seen his older stuff and then going back to this I'm like oh this isn't that great but maybe it has some of the specialness of him as a director that mm. you kind of when you're comparing against a person I don't know like you see the academy the was like maybe the academy was like oh my god it's his first one here let's we have him, to give him a give good welcome we have to make sure that he, he stays feels with good. us <laughs> yeah also Lawrence Olivier I assume was a big deal Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Joan Joan Fontaine, I'm reading now, was the little sister of uh Olivia uh de Havilland. Oh well, I think also as we know, the Academy Awards now always get it right. So <laughs> you know <laughs> it is Yes, everyone's favorite film, Green Book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh boy. <laughs> favorite film crash. 
<laughs> you know what, though? I was a Crash Defender for a very long time, and then oh, I watched no. it again, like, oh. two years ago, and I was like, oh, this is garbage. It's bad. Somebody oh, should have slapped God. me. <laughs> it's real bad. It's not good. No. It's sort of like I just like Don State. Cheadle so much. Yeah. But didn't it I solve feel- racism? I thought that was the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're done now. We did it. It's all oh. over. It's all good. I just got a note from Hollywood producer David O'Selznick, and he says we have to do an ad break right now. Nice, nice, nice. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Okay, we're back with Popcorn Book Club. Okay, one of the things that I think was really likable about the main character, the second Mrs. De Winter, is that she's very funny. Like, uh, she has a quiet humor and she's not making jokes with anybody, but when you get to be privy to her inner world, she's a very, very funny person. Mm-hmm. And you do not get any of that in the movie. None of it. No, it's none. gone. Yeah. Gone, she's a gone, wet paper gone. towel. She well, she she is a little bit. She's very timid, and then suddenly she's good at running the house, and that's nice for her. All right. yeah. But you never see any of the wry observations that you get in the book, and it makes it really hard to relate to her. I have a question yeah. for all of you. I posted a link to the poster in the chat, so if you could click the poster. Is that supposed to be Rebecca to the bottom left, do we think? Oh, probably. I maybe. guess so. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. That's, That's weird. 
Why is her head coming out of a also, book? Also, she looks like a she looks like a statue. She also looks awful. Look, look like a pinup. Yeah, yeah. She looks like a pinup porcelain doll. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like more concerned weird... with why Mrs. De Winter's head is coming out of a book. Like, is that supposed to be Daphne Du Maurier's book, Rebecca? Like, what yeah. is the book? The, yeah. the book is yeah, Rebecca. Maybe. It's to remind you that this was a book you liked, and now it's a movie. <laughs> Oh, if it then, were the Great Gatsby, I'd be like the book represents the American dream. The the book represents the British upper class, the landed gentry of England. Oh, speaking of books, I really did miss the fact that he was like, "Oh, do you want this book?" And she got to like get to know Rebecca's oh, handwriting, yeah. and yes. I think that that was supposed to be hinted at because when she was like stalling for time and trying to get Maxim on the phone. She was like, oh, I'm going to go into my room and see if I've left my book there. Uh, uh, just, I'll call down to the desk to give them a forwarding address in case someone finds my book. And that was just like, wait, is this the book that he gave you in the car that never happened on screen? So we're just like, why are you fucking crazy, crazed about this book? And I very much dis- was disappointed in her, like, not being haunted by the physical details of Rebecca still being at the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the letter boxes. Like, there are tons of, like, little details that I, not to be, like, male filmmaker. Men aren't good at making movies. They but- aren't. <laughs> I feel like they aren't either. There's so many people that aren't good at making movies. <laughs> but there not there something, like, about being a woman and, like, feeling threatened by your spouses or significant other's ex and like there are those physical details like the handkerchief in the pocket and the handwriting and the letters and like I didn't get that she was haunted by him when she was like you don't have to love me it's fine I was like whoa girl where are you getting this she gets from zero to 60 very quickly yeah well he's also made her cry in basically every scene she's in yeah he sucks it's, it's a very terrible relationship in the movie Maybe more so than the book, because at least in the book, you can kind of put some of it off on her being paranoid. Like Mm -hmm. she's convinced that everybody in the village is talking about her very badly and speculating about like, why did he marry this woman? And in the movie, they actually are like Beatrice and her husband are actually saying, I bet she's a showgirl from the south of France. totally right like not to be like male filmmakers but what what is interesting is that Rebecca the first Mrs. De Winter and second Mrs. De Winter are these like very full characters and they feel really flattened out in this in this movie adaptation like mm-hmm. like you don't get those hints of her first Mrs. De Winter and how she what she's what Rebecca is like and like how 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 like much of a huge person she was in this house that you'd get in the book. So yeah, no, I I, I agree with you on that, that you miss all of those like I, very small moments that are actually huge. And yeah. I do, but I, and I do think it is of the era too of like there, it's real. I feel like back in the forties filmmaking was kind of like gone with the wind and all of these big epics. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, they really struggled with having kind of the language of intimate internal feelings and details. And, you know, we have so many devices now in filmmaking that we use that just 
not not technical devices, but like film storytelling devices that just didn't exist back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why can't movies from eighty years ago be as good as movies today? Mm. <laughs> Why doesn't no, the I second Mrs. Right. De Winter have a Twitter feed so I know how anxious she feels? <laughs> Why isn't she more like Emily in Paris? Emily in Paris so much. Should I watch? You need. Please watch it. It's not good. I know it's bad. I watched all of it in the course of one week. I watched it one single day. It is awful. It is indefensible, and I I can't wait for season two. The clothes are really pretty. The clothes are so pretty. I'll watch that. Yeah. Okay, back to Jennifer. What you were saying? That moment of the maids being snippy to her. You're totally right. Under I didn't even realize at the time because she's being paranoid and like everyone probably hates me and it's like oh shit they do hate you they yeah no accurate reading <laughs> where it is so much more powerful if she's so insecure and everyone's mm-hmm. just like yeah whatever because that's kind of what real life is like most of the it time is. Yeah. where you're it's like the- everyone hates me oh my god and everyone's just like oh yeah what'd you have for lunch like no one it's, really cares it's the whole therapy thing of like no one is thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you and yeah. so these mm-hmm. like imagined i loved the imagined conversations in the book it felt and she it goes so far like she spends sometimes i'm like wait is this really happening and then i like have to go back two pages of being like oh no she's still imagining this scenario um and i think that is so relatable to like being Mm -hmm. a young person that's insecure and having a lot of anxiety and I really hope that the new movie really digs into that I also think that a way that if I were picking this up I would have there's this great detail that they open the house to the villagers once Mm -hmm. a week every week and we never see that happen Mm -hmm. and I think that that's such a great opportunity to have people be talking about her and have her be able to build on this sort of like, oh God, like, I don't know what I'm doing situation. Like to have people be like, oh, this isn't what it used to be like, you know? Mm. And I just feel like there's that really great detail. And I think it is ripe for like, inviting people into your home is not a thing that most of us do. Like strangers, straight up people can just walk into your house like it's a museum. And I would love to see how that affects her and how that, affects her like sanity i'm disappointed that it didn't feel in the book running a major estate seemed very very hard and i'm mad that like the detail of like the food like all the food and the waste and like Mm -hmm. i don't know there's so many little things that now i obviously movies you know you have to cut for time but like yeah, there were a lot of little things that I missed that weren't replaced by, like, new visual details. To You know to... what I... Oh, sorry. That I think yeah. does very well. Like, it feel it just sort of reminded me of a modern uh, piece is The Great. Have you guys watched The Great? Oh, my yeah. gosh, I love The Great. It's, I love it so much. So, I love it so much. And it is... It does have kind of a Rebecca feel where it's this young woman that gets married off to uh, the czar of russia uh and she goes in not knowing how to do anything and it does feel like they show the excess and the gluttony and all of i mean obviously it's a very different tone but it it does i do feel like dana you're right it is missing and it was such a fun exploration of that sort of thing because it was a job i mean like running a manor house is like that's a real fucking thing even now. 
And I do feel like it is such a relatable feeling of being out of your depths, whether it's, you know. Oh, okay. I was like, having to run a giant manor? <laughs> yeah, I hate having to run a giant manor. It's so <laughs> exhausting when I marry a mysterious widow. Every time. Um, n- no, but of just like going into a circumstance where like, you're, you know, with a bunch of wealthy people and you don't know how you're supposed to act or talk or, like, in a new job that you have no idea how to do. Like, I feel like it is such a a feeling that, that I really connected to in the book and it, mm-hmm. yeah, didn't feel like it was there in this movie. Besides, grandma her, be, besides Fontaine being just so anxious. The grandma wasn't there being like, where's Rebecca? I love Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, mm. grandma. I forgot about grandma. That was funny. You were all right, though. Favel was hotter than I had pictured him. He's super <laughs> hot and, like, not that drunk. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. yeah, no. He was um, totally, to this movie version of him, I was like, he seems okay. And he seems yeah, I upset. Got- I, I got it. Drunker. I got why Rebecca would do that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. They might be cousins, but they both can get it, you know? But but Look, you want in him. In the state of California, it is legal to marry your first cousin. Oh, that well, is a law that weird, I have not but researched. Okay. I just know. You want him okay. to be you want him to be hot and then look like he spent the last eight months yes. drunk out of his mind. And this guy was <laughs> yeah. just kinda yeah. hot. He was just hot. There was no um, there was no he like, was like grief. Nist. Like there was like no grief roughness to him, which I wanted. I he was season really... one Madman Don Draper drunk. That's what um, he was. I feel like George Saunders is terrible casting for Favel, and I'm saying that as someone who was only allowed to watch black and white movies growing up. So George Saunders was one of my childhood crushes. Where did you um, grow up? I yeah. I have follow up questions. One, <laughs> what, two, why? My parents really hated cartoons, but all uh. old movies are G rated. And they wouldn't, like, sit and watch, I don't know what cartoons are, like, Porky the Porcupine? Um, That's so, not. That's not. Is that one? No? Okay. All that right. does not um, exist. Well, it was a good Porky try, and I think we all agree on that. Um, but uh, but everything on Turner Classic oh. Movies is G-rated because of the Hays Code. So uh, they would just watch, like, an indefinite series of old black and white movies with me. So I love George Sanders. He's amazing. He's great. But a lot of his charm is that he's like this witty cosmopolitan man who like is always making martinis and uh, wants to engage in like some banter with young women. Um, And I think that's true in this as well. Like George Sanders seems like himself. He seems like he'd be fun. He does not seem like... Yeah. The dissipated alcoholic, like former president of his fraternity, the Rebecca was having sex with. Frankly, when I think of that, I think of Arnie Hammer. <laughs> like, Arnie make his Hammer eyes bloodshot and right. like let him gain twenty pounds, and he's he's Favel. The in important my mind. thing with Favel in the plot of the book is the police chief is on Maxim's side because Favel represents a different part of society. Where even yeah. the second Mr. Winter, who like is not accustomed to high society, is like, hmm, it's weird that Rebecca would have been friends with a guy like that. And then mm-hmm. the police mm-hmm. chief, when he comes, is like, Max, you and me, we get it. We're not. This guy's <laughs> right, but he's crazy. You know, like, <laughs> you know who I am. He didn't feel as other. In yeah. Bell? Yes. For modern casting is what's his name? The brother from Get Out, Caleb Landry Jones. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. perfect. Very greasy. Yes. Like dirty mm-hmm. and He rough. just looks like he a little sweaty. Yeah. yeah, he's greasy. Oh, he's real yeah. greasy. You get it, but you're like, he's greasy. And he would leave a film if you had sex with and him. And it's like, you're a little scared yeah. of him. He's a, but it's fine. Yeah. I feel like in more ways than one, he would leave a film if you had sex with him. Like, he would <gasps> film you without your consent. And also, oh. he's greasy. Oh, no. You guys don't get those vibes? Oh, I get that vibe. I don't go. I see that. I see the potential of that in him. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying that's the vibe. And I'm sure he's a lovely person. Mm-hmm. But that's 15 the casting. casting vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 15 casting yeah, yeah, points yeah. to Melissa. Thank yeah. you so much. Are we keeping yeah, score? He's, he's, he's good. I'm looking at his face right now and he's he's creeping me out yeah. just Should right Should we make here. another remake of Rebecca? It seems like we have the 2021, yeah, exactly maybe a 2022. I feel like we should make a modern remake. Yeah. There are still rich people. Right. Okay. Yeah, modern. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And you can still right. cast him. He's, oh, he has. You know, I think women have a lot more options. I think that's one of the ways Rebecca would be really, really different if it happened I now. I think some women have a lot people. more options. Well, yeah. I think women in yeah. this class have a lot of options that are not. But poor Okay, orphans, you have to get married. Poor and orphans. Poor Jennifer. orphans who are working is like... I, uh, Personal still, assistance to very rich women? I still, She'll be fine. She doesn't have to marry somebody who's a murderer. But it still she feels doesn't like know there's he's a murderer. an emotional draw-in that feels real. And also, you know, if she's a gig worker, minimum yeah. wage is still seven fifty an hour, you know. And you meet like a, a you there know, tech magnet. You meet like... Who's really mean to yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. I thought there are women people. who date men like that without the money, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they're doing it right now. Yeah. I have oh, two God. two loving parents, and I have fallen in love with people who treat me very badly. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, they're not. They don't have a manner and aren't the like talk of the town. Yeah, on the ocean I know. Side. I've done it for a way uglier, house, way worse real estate. <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. all learn. Yeah. Just, only only some people are judging you. I'm joking, Dave. <laughs> but just, just like the young second Mrs. DeWinter, you grow up and then you wear a black dress and pearls. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she never gets a chance sure. to do that because she has to take care of her decaying husband who's a murderer <laughs> forever. But most people, most people do get to do that. Yeah. I do love that. A bittersweet, tragic ending where both people kind of get what they deserve. And they deserve to be in a mediocre hotel room reading about wildfowl forever. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's basically what the guys on Supernatural do. Like, that's (laughs) what they do for 15 seasons. They're in shitty motels and, like, reading. (laughs) That can't be like that show's about. Okay, so this has a TV show (laughs) adaptation that follows the end of the book where they're in their Mm -hmm. hotel rooms. And someone comes back and is like, <laughs> you know what? We should read and watch. Again. I know what you did last summer. Is that a that's book? A book? Wait, that's yeah. a book. I did not know that yeah. was a book. I've read the book. book. Actually, I've read a lot of books by the author too. I went through a weird phase. Who's the for author? Twenty nine years. Um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I'll look it up. I was saying, did you see those photos today? It's a of, woman, though, of the new Shonda Rhimes. 
Yeah, Lois Duncan. She has a bunch Lois of books. Duncan? There's like one where a bunch of kids like kill their English teacher by accident. And she just does like a lot of like murdery Ooh, horror. Was stuff. it adapted into teaching Mrs. Good. Tingle? Oh, oh these covers look <laughs> because familiar. that's one where kids killed pizza. their English teacher. What did you say? Young, young, young adult books from like the 30s, right? Oh. From the 30s? Wow. Yeah, those books were that yeah, yeah, old. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like reading okay. them in the, Maybe the, in the 40s 2000s. Sorry. I was like, yeah, this is fun. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't read the date, right? Okay. From the yeah, I mean. But still. Sevens and threes. They're Classics. Like, you know. <laughs> I was looking at, I looked at, I, the first date I saw was when she was born, and I was like, that's when she wrote that book. There's one, out of the womb. There's one that she wrote called Daughters of Eve, and I have no idea what it's about, but the cover is Ooh, incredibly compelling to me. Yeah, I love Lois Duncan. I'm down to read Daughters. I Know What You Did Last Summer, right. and I don't think a lot of people know that was a book. It's like really low key. Um, Ooh, Ooh. this one is about a group of young women who become convinced to punish their fathers by a charismatic feminist teacher. Wow. This is why I Okay, that sounds fun. Lois Duncan is the reason I am the way I am. Wow. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm like, like yeah, just murder them. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Call, um, the, call the police on your yeah. husband and take his money. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but yes. Why doesn't the second Mrs. De Winter do that? I know, because she's in love. But, I mean, but the thing is, Jennifer, you're not any better because you said that if Dan killed somebody, you wouldn't call the police on him and but, take his money. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. different. We are best but, friends. The caveat, yeah, yeah. The, ca- the caveat was that, like, you know, if only you had been dating for like three, four yeah. months. Yeah. They've um, been dating and married for a long time. If for you, many years. If yeah. you and Daniel had only been married and yeah, for three months. Okay. And for so, half of that, he was mean to you. And he was so mean to me. I was just crying all the time on the verge yeah, yeah. of suicide because this marriage was going so badly. I would probably feel very differently. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of my... Um, and I cannot reiterate it enough, the fact that I will be help- helping Daniel escape the country when he does his inevitable murdering. Um, a lot of that is based... You I, heard you, it here yeah. first, <laughs> This is going to be like evidence. This is going to be an evidence for a court case. This for a court case this, down when, the road. When yeah. this becomes like a Netflix true crime moment, like this audio will be like bopping oh, yeah. up and down. Yeah. In there will be a man in like a tweed jacket talking about how like his wife was constantly saying she would help him escape when he murdered someone. <laughs> and if you've met Daniel, you know he is just a moment away from murder. It's in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it's it's based upon the fact that I've known him for so long, and I know that he is such a, a kind, loving, giving person. How that long have you guys yeah. known each other, or when did you start oh, dating? Like six years. Yeah, we've okay. been married for three years. We've known okay. each other for six, so, you know, enough, enough. that... Yeah, but I've you never know seen the murder would be justified at anybody. So I assume if he murdered someone, they uh, they probably really had it coming, right? Right. Again, uh-huh. a thing that will uh-huh. be used in a court case against me. I will abstain. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna plead the fifth. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, just okay. Quick change of subject. So I'm looking at the Rebecca film Wikipedia page, and there's a line about production, and one of them is. The Breen Office Hollywood Censorship Board specifically prohibited any outright hint of a lesbian infatuation or relationship between (laughs) Mrs. Danvers and Rebecca, though the film clearly does dwell on Danvers' obsessive memories of her late mistress. 
So they turned uh, that shit down. Yeah, they, they did not stop everybody from reading that re- lesbian relationship. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the hilarious. that was the toned down gay version. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was the, the minimum gay they could do. Yeah. Yeah. That was like my bigoted <laughs> that's like they my bigoted grandma's coming job. over for Thanksgiving, keep it low key version <laughs> of the gayness like, in the movie. Guys, yeah. We're gonna have to do some major reshoots. This is the least gay we can get it in the edit. Get I'm it. so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love th- I love thinking like them the studio having yeah. to give Hitchcock <laughs> these notes. That last sigh, it just feels a little too lustful. Feels yeah. super gay. We we linger yeah. on the sheer fabric on her hand for just a and moment. And the fur that she wants to feel she against her skin again. She just yeah. likes fabric. It's like ASMR <laughs> for your hands. <laughs> I mean, they say oh, that God. uh that she that the author Daphne du Maurier, mm-hmm. like they, there's questions about her sexuality that she had affairs mm-hmm. with yeah. women and that she was quote a tomboy, uh, which and that she wanted wished that she had been born a boy. They say that she was like maybe bisexual, but this is all speculation. Um, oh wait, no, she also wrote a memoir. Like she's been pretty upfront about the fact that. Here's my thing about all of the. I feel like a lot of people born in like the late 1800s and early 1900s, people are like, oh, and you know, she wished that she were born a man, and I'm like, why wouldn't you? You had no rights. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not a signifier of gayness. That's a signifier of wanting basic human decency. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I think it's interesting that the way that Daphne du Maurier described is the way Rebecca is described in the book. That people are always talking about how Rebecca should have been born a boy. She was fearless. She was fucking her cousin. Which again, Daphne du Maurier was doing and wrote in her memoir that she loved fucking her cousin. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's <laughs> I mean, clearly they're both fine with it. And again, in the state of California, people still do it. You're right. Consent, consent. Consent, sure. Yeah. You're right. But a lot That's of true. laws are not. That yeah. is true. <laughs> it seems like it would make for like really awkward Thanksgiving dinners with <gasps> the family, at the very least. But yeah, I think it's interesting to read this book, assuming that Daphne du Maurier did not necessarily see herself as the second Mrs. de Winter. She might very well have seen herself as Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was- That's why it's called Rebecca. <laughs> I love that move. I think that's such like a modern baller touch to name your book Rebecca and to not have Rebecca in it and then to never give your main character a name. Yeah. I just I like, that. oh, what an idea. That's like, I'm, yeah, yeah that's really like makes that. me mad how smart it is and how like, cool that is. I, I'm very much, though, a fan of that sketch where it's like, American audiences are going to want to see a dame named Rebecca because I feel like that's so true. That's so true. We're like, wait, is she Rebecca? Like, when I read it, I was like, wait, no one is named Rebecca. Oh, okay. I got it. I am there now. And, like, I feel like I'm a fairly erudite, you know, like, well-read well, like, open-minded person, and I was still like, why isn't this bitch named Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, does, uh, uh, does Daphne de Maurier then have contempt for this character because she never gets to establish an identity outside of her husband? 
Like, and she really never does. Mm -hmm. Like, it does not end with her inheriting this beautiful mansion. Mm -hmm. It ends with her reading to him in a city hotel. And I imagine him in a wheelchair. I know he's not, but it seems like he's heading in the direction where she's going to be pushing him around the ground. I think she has empathy for her. I think there would be no way to write this character, like, as funny and relatable as Mm -hmm. it is if she didn't have Mm -hmm. empathy for her. But I also think that, like, she is doomed to her own small little life. Yeah. Okay. I so yeah. feel. Oh, sorry. Go. I well, I do feel like I've. There are there. They are such extremes, right? But I do think there are people who start as an unnamed Mrs. De Winter and become a Rebecca. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe Daphne was as at nineteen more like the yeah. current Mrs. De Winter and then became the Rebecca. Ooh. So the second Mrs. Winter will never get to do that though. She doesn't get to be 36 and wear a black dress. No, she doesn't. Well, maybe at his funeral. Hey. Ah, oh. hey. Fingers crossed. Ooh. Um so go on a journey with me for a second. Right. You know the musical okay. by Candor and Ebb Cabaret, right? Of course. It's about a nightclub, Nazis, all sorts of fun things. Um so I'm not saying Nazis are fun. That was ironic. Uh, I just, I feel like just with the world we're in, I have to say, I don't think Nazis are fun. But anyway, there's that whole song where she sings the titular song, Cabaret, um, and she talks about her friend Elsie and how everybody was like, oh, Elsie's a hoe. And, you know, but when she was laid out, when she died, she was the happiest corpse she'd ever seen. I feel that is like Rebecca. And this story is a, look, Rebecca died she got murdered by somebody who couldn't handle her shit. But look at the woman who can handle this guy's shit. Like, don't be that woman. Be yeah. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't let somebody steal your shine. And also, it's very much like at the end of that song, Cabaret, she's like, I made my mind up back in Chelsea. When I go, I'm going like Elsie. And I feel mm. like Daphne du Maurier yeah. is like, I am fucking my cousin and no one can stop me and that's okay. And you know, Rebecca Rebecca had cancer. She did not want to die a slow death and she died mm-hmm. on her yeah. terms. Yeah. And she made her husband miserable her, mm-hmm. in a funny prank at the end. <laughs> I like that you regard this as a funny prank. It's a fun prank. She just she did a she was, was an impractical joker, if you will. She she <laughs> Classic George Clooney style prank. With a smile on her face, right? Because she's like, ha ha, pranked ya. She was about to say pranked ya. (laughs) All right, Um, final final thoughts before we we dip out of the 1940s black and white transatlantic Rebecca. Well, I just think it's a swell film. I really wish that they had written not just the R, but Rebecca. Just her actual full name. Really wish it was the full name. I am haunting you. This is my weekend. <laughs> Get away from my house. Replace my porcelain angel, bitch. I like to think that the Ava Longoria film, Over My Dead Body, is a modern day remake of Rebecca. <laughs> I like yeah. that movie. It's better than this one <laughs> oh, for <God>. me. <laughs> Who was the man in that movie? Unimportant. I, I don't even 
even know the movie you're talking about. Ava, Ava Longoria is a ghost who haunts her ex-fiance as he's starting to date a new oh woman. It's hilarious. It's oh, amazing. Incredible. <laughs> Uh, it's better it, than this movie. Comedy? Like, yes. comedy. Oh my god, you'll never get. I mean, you will. Is exactly it Paul Rudd? It is Paul Rudd. Rudd. It's Paul yeah. Rudd and no. Bell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh my god, what a cast. 2008 was a different time. <laughs> it really it was. Truly Jason was. Biggs is in this. <laughs> <laughs> so less Rebecca's, more over my dead bodies. <laughs> I think that's, that's my final could, thought. Yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, just an, in a real, like, actual cogent thought, I think that there is humor in the book, and I did think that I liked the book better than this movie, which is funny because mm-hmm. I was like, I hate this book. But it made me appreciate the book more, and it made me appreciate the perspective that Daphne du Maurier had more. And I think that one of the reasons I like Over My Dead Body so much more than Rebecca is because <laughs> it is funny, and it is a similar concept in terms of the haunting, although in this it is quite literally Eva Longoria is a ghost. You can see the ghost. But there's a lot of humor. And I think that one of the things for me that makes horror so great is a balance between horror and humor, which is why I really like movies like Cabin in the Woods. And I really like Scream. And I really mm-hmm. like Get Out. Because you kind of have to laugh so you're not terrified. And I think that this is one of those situations where if you laugh, it makes you less terrified that you're with this totally abusive man. Maybe you should have gone to New York. This maid is is like obsessed with his ex-wife who has disappeared and drowned, even though she was super good at sailing. Everything's a little sketchy. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, ah, people are talking about me, I guess. I'm going to throw a mask ball. I think you're um, I would love to see thoughts. a sequel. Uh, yeah. I would love to see a sequel about Mrs. Danvers. That's, that's my entire <laughs> final thought. I hope she's okay. <laughs> Um, I hope she feels good about her actions, um, and and I hope she's happily employed someplace else, where she doesn't constantly have to be reminded of her dead lover again slash child figure. At the very least, we know Mrs. Danvers is really good at her job. So yeah. good at her job. So mm-hmm. good. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Also, burning down a house that big would take a lot of work. She's effective. She's yeah. efficient. Yeah, she she's good at yeah. Done. She knows how to do stuff. Yeah. You know how you burn okay. down a house that big? No. Little no. fires everywhere. Little fires everywhere. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay. I think that that's a good place to end go. it. There yeah. we go. That's our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dana Schwartz, and you can find me on Twitter at Dana Schwartz with three Z's. You can follow Jennifer Wright at Jen Ashley Wright. Karama Dankwa is at Karama Drama. Melissa Hunter is at Melissa FTW. And Tian Tran is smart enough to have gotten off Twitter, but she is on Insta at Hank Tina. Our executive producer is Christopher Hesiotis, and we're produced and edited by Mike Johns. Special thanks to David Wasserman. Next week, we are jumping into the present. Well, it's still a period piece, but the 2020 Netflix adaptation of Rebecca with Army Hammer and Lily James. Oh, we have thoughts. Stay tuned. Popcorn Book Club is a production of iHeartRadio. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.